How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. It's the Micro Film Podcast. It's me, Gav Smith, and we're back again. Our new theme tune there, especially composed for us by the Craig Whale Collaboration. Their new album, A Long Way Home, is available to buy, stream, whatever you want. All good music shops and streaming platforms. Links are in the show notes. Tonight, I am joined by Emma Arnold. Hello, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Can you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you do, and that type of thing? Yeah, uh, my name is Emma Arnold. I'm a comedian, and um, I just had my fifth album called Myself come out. Um, and uh, I also host a podcast here in the states um, called CityCast Boise, which is a local pot, like a news podcast about what's going on in Boise, which is a lot of fun. And yeah, I've been uh, touring comic for about uh, over a decade, and I have three kids, and I'm a beekeeper. And I guess that's about it. <laughs> that sounds great. Beekeeping. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it's very fun. How many fun. bees I, have you got? Probably thousands. Uh, I only have about five. Well, I have about three hives right now. My dad has two. Um, he got me into it. His dad was a beekeeper. So I guess I'm like third generation. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a very calming, like Zen hobby. I really enjoy it. Okay. I've, I've got this image of being a beekeeper and it not being zen at all because surely you might get <laughs> stung at any point in time and... you, that's very true but that's part of why it's zen is because like you really have to move very slowly you have ah. to like if you're calm and you move slow the bees will be calm uh, for the most part i mean there's obviously sometimes they're not if you box <laughs> stuff around or you're taking honey or whatever but well, um, yeah, yeah. for the most part if you sort of just move slowly and calmly and you know, just don't give them anything to worry about and don't squish bees and try to be really careful, then you don't get stung a whole lot. I mean, occasionally I do get stung, but that's also sort of just a good reminder, you know, like <laughs> slow it down, like you're doing yeah. something, you're invading their home after all. So yeah, uh, I, it can be a very calming hobby for sure. Mm, maybe it's something I should take. Well, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm never calm. So I'm, I'm always running around and doing things <laughs> at 50 miles an hour and whatever. Same, same. I feel it. that's why it's good for me is because I'm a very yeah. busy uh, hummingbird type of a person. And it's yeah. really good for me to have something where I'm sort of forced to like take my time and just be fully present and and not be trying to multitask, you know. Mm. And there's uh, a very like... there's a, a good consequence if you don't do that. So, well, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, getting stung is obviously going to be a, a great leveler, isn't it? That's going to make you think, um, I'll, I'll, I'll slow down now. I don't be hurt. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I heard you, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And I love honey, so it's got to be a good thing. Maybe I should take it. Up. Yeah, It'd be a good thing. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, right. So tonight, um, a bit odd because this is the my favorite film podcast. We normally talk about people's favorite films. Um, you gave me a list of about five or six films that are your favorites, and I. I've admittedly chosen your favorite film for tonight. So be totally <laughs> which honest is okay because you, my favorite film is Mandy, which you already did. So Absolutely. totally fine with you picking anything after after Mandy. Yeah, well, this fits in nicely because obviously we've just done Mandy, which was a horror. Started off with musicals. We're going back to musicals, but musicals <laughs> with horror. What is tonight's film? Go and tell us what it is. Rocky Horror Picture Show. <sighs> Fantastic. It's a great film, 1975, I believe it was, mm -hmm. um, based on the stage show by Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien, obviously, writing again for the, the film. It's 
quite a difficult one, but can you give us a plot synopsis for it? <laughs> I can, but um, I re- so I rewatched it last night just to make sure I, you know, had it fresh in my mind. Yeah. And I was sort of chuckling to myself as I was watching it because um, <laughs> I it took me quite a few watches as a teenager and a young person before I finally understood the plot because it is quite <laughs> convoluted. But a young couple gets a flat tire and find and goes to find help at a castle where they find a Dr. Frankenstein-esque um, situation happening where some what you later find out are aliens are trying to make like the perfect man and uh, lots of dancing and, and hijinks and uh, a little murder happens. <laughs> Just and, <little>. yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, um, there's like a big big scene where sort of like everybody's like all right enough of this let's get out of here we're done with earth so yeah. i think that's a pretty good synopsis of the yeah, film it kind of works yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> richard o'brien's homage to 50s b-movie science fiction yeah. isn't it with a little yeah. bit of a i suppose british sex comedy stuck in there for good measure and a few songs <laughs> yeah absolutely with you know i feel like uh like a bit of a parody of that, but also played yeah. very straight by everyone in it, which I really Absolutely. enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, there's some stunning performances in it. I think this is one of Tim Curry's most fantastic performances. I mean, he's a great actor anyway, but in this, he yeah. just really shines through. Yeah. Um, so when did you first see it? You said it took you a few times to sort of get into it. How many, when did you see it first, do you think? Um, so I saw it in eighth grade. Uh, I was 13. What's, what's eighth grade? 13. 13, um, So I was 13 and I was very, very sheltered as a child. I was only allowed to watch PBS, which here is, the, you know, the state-sponsored um, educational channel and it's our only yeah. one. Uh, yeah. But mostly like educational stuff and, you know, it's actually funny, educational stuff and a lot of British mysteries. I watched a lot of Perot <laughs> growing up. So uh, I was very, very sheltered. And then I was staying the night at a friend's house and she said, oh, my gosh, you have to see this. It's my favorite movie. And she put on Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I I mean, I literally to this day can remember how I felt watching it because it just <laughs> blew my mind, you know, in every respect. And um she kept kind of like, uh, you know, leaning over to me and being like, because if, if you're going into it just totally unaware, she kept kind of being like, it's really weird, but it's really good. It's This is really weird, but it's really good. She kind of kept warning me or being like, don't worry. It, it, it kind of, and I kind of kept being like, what is happening? And she's like, don't worry about the plot. Just don't worry about the plot. It's more just like, it's more just like camp and fun. And it was my first introduction to, to camp for sure. To yeah, yeah. a lot of this, like you said, over the top, my, my um, dad and I watched a ton of, uh, um, Sorry, I'm spacing the John John Cleese. I'm spacing the name right now. Um, Monty Python. All, Monty Python. Thank you so much. Yeah. We watched a ton of Monty Python together because yeah. that was on PBS, and so I already loved and and um, keeping up appearances, and I, I loved British comedy so much, yeah. and it, it had so many of those elements, like you said, like it had like this wonderful physical slapsticky humor, sexual yeah, yeah. humor, just a lot of stuff that I had really like never been introduced to and of course you know tim curry who is just a force of nature in the film Absolutely. like the sec i i'll never forget the feeling i had watching him uh come down that elevator <laughs> and throw off of that cape and you know i had never seen anything remotely close to that before and no. uh just i just like fell in love and as like a little gothy queer kid um who was sort of 
you know, very unsure of myself and who I was and, and what I was about, like, it really sort of, it, it sort of awakened something in me where I was kind of like, oh, wow, like this is, this is, people are, people are doing things that aren't just, I, I, you know, I grew up in rural Idaho. So <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show is probably as far from rural Idaho as you can get in every respect. Possibly, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of, it kind of blew my like mind wide open to, to the possibility of, I don't know, um, queerness and, and yeah. musicals and, and just, I think, um, one of my favorite things is now, um, I love uh, stage actors who do movies. That's one yeah. of my favorites. Just big, campy, you know, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I love yeah. big, campy acting like that. And or and, you know, not that he's campy, but like I just I just feel like there's some Well, now I love to watch a movie where you have stage actors on screen who have yeah. just sort of toned it down a little. And yeah. I and I, I think that sort of set the tone for the type of movies I like going yeah. forward. <laughs> yeah, there is the, there's something about the physical presence that a, a stage actor has over just an actor who's never done anything on stage. Yeah. 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 Where they're always like, I have to tone this down. Like you yeah. can feel in scenes that they're like, I have to I have to tone it down. To but bring like, it down a bit. You can feel how much energy they have because they're used to having to bring a hundred percent, and then they're yeah. like, "Okay, I guess for screen, I better bring eighty, or it's yeah. going to be too much." And I, I just feel I love to watch that. But Tim Curry doesn't dial it down. I don't think of this. He's, I mean, he's come from playing this on stage, and then he played it on film, and he doesn't I, well, dial I saw it down an, at all. I saw an interview with him where he said, um, "You know, it was his first film." And he said, actually, that he does dial it down, but mostly in the physicality, because right. he was, you know, he when he would have to do a gigantic gesture on stage for people to see it, he would do like a half of that for for screen. And yeah. um, and I also I love the story. Do you know the story of how he ended up with that role? It's one of my favorite things. No, go on, um, go on, tell. <laughs> he um, he was in a play uh, downstairs. They were auditioning for Rocky Horror Picture Show and he was upstairs in the experimental room doing a play that ended up being so bad that they didn't show it <laughs> to anybody. It, critics never saw it. It was a mess. Right. But um, downstairs, O'Brien saw had seen him and was like, get him to audition for Rocky Horror. And he came down just after uh, after this bad play one night, came down and auditioned. And he um, he sang uh, Little Richard's Tutti Frutti a cappella just yeah. very quick. And they were like, he's the guy. He's the one. And I just love that. I love it yeah. because I think sometimes as an artist, when you're in something that's a failure, you yeah. don't it, you can be easy to forget that like failures often lead to successes. Like maybe they yeah, lead to yeah. more failures, which eventually like you have to fail a bunch and you have to be in stuff that's a failure to Absolutely, find yeah. success. Yeah, so I yeah. just always thought that was very sweet. Yeah, it's really nice that actually. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 But he got his, his big break just because he happened to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, in a terrible play. That in a terrible like, play. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh. And people advised him when they were going to do the film. People advised him, like, don't do this. You'll, you'll be typecast. You know, it'll ruin your film career. You'll never be able to take off after this. And I, just, uh, Tim Curry is one of my favorite actors. And yeah. I adore the fact that Tim Curry did Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then just from there, continued to do the weirdest movies. Was Absolutely. like, you know, yeah, I'm going to do Adam's Family. I'm going to do Annie. Just continue to yep. do the strangest choices. It, yeah. you know, yeah. I just adore that about him, his yeah. choices in films. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he always does very off the wall characters in whatever he's in. I mean, he's in Home yeah. Alone too, isn't he? But he's still, yeah. he's this big <laughs> yeah. camp kind of uh, clue the, the legend. Hotel. Clue legend. Yeah. 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 He, he has. He, 
I, I feel like he what he did was he was like, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do the stuff that I think is fun. And like like Legend is a perfect example. Like what a what a wild film to decide oh, to yeah. do. I'm gonna yeah. play the devil. Yeah. <laughs> In the biggest, gayest way possible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Hey, but why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um have you ever seen the, the stage production of it or many times many yeah times. um i didn't actually know it was a play till then later when i was probably 16 um maybe 17 another friend said oh do you want to go to rocky horror picture show and i thought we were going to the movie and when i showed right. up she's like where's your popcorns where's your toast and i was like yeah. i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and then we went to this wonderful um small production here uh that you know people were throwing things and yelling yeah. and i was so shocked i you know and when yeah. people were yelling i was like what is happening and of course by you know by the end i was just like this is the most fun this is so fun too yeah. because it's a movie even now when i was watching it last night i kept apologizing to my husband because i kept singing along <laughs> and being like i'm so sorry i i'm trying not to sing along but i'm failing so yeah. um i thought it was such a fun way to to watch the movie and have it be so communal especially because yeah. it's a movie that appeals to you know gothy queer kids at the yeah. end of the day yes yeah, like, so yes yeah yeah, and it's like uh, you know somewhere for everybody to get together and participate in that, and um, and everybody was so fun in the and I've seen it since then. I've seen it anytime it's you know put put on by a local local production. I am always like, you yes, on. absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Because it's always fun. Oh, yeah. It's always a good time. Yeah, because there, there's a whole audience participation script, isn't there? Basically, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a line for the audience to say to everything. Pretty much is said in the film. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And throw yeah. things as you say, toast and popcorn and whatever else all get thrown around the place so yeah yeah it's a great it is a great experience I've, I've seen it a couple of times myself on stage and it is it's a, a brilliant thing to see um so you said that you had to watch it a few times to get into it and understand the plot was it an immediate sort of i do love this though and i am going to watch it again or was it just like actually i think i need to just try again to see what it was like or no i mean i loved it from the very time i right. saw it uh I did not understand the plot for sure. Like, because even now when I was watching it last night, I was like, the plot is very like, just don't worry about it. You know, yeah. it's like aliens and yeah, and whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it took me a few times to sort of, to sort of noodle out exactly. Well, because there's so much going on. Oh, yeah, you start out, you have this narrator that like, mm. you're always kind of like, who is this guy? Is he related? Yeah. <laughs> and he's, no, he's literally just narrating. He doesn't, he's not really connected. And, you know, you have, you have so much kind of happening. Um, so yeah, it took me, I think a, two or three times before I find, I really was like, okay, I, I got the plot and I also finally understand it doesn't actually matter. Cause I'm very, in a movie, I'm a very annoying person where I'm like, um, you know, if it's a time travel movie, I'm like pausing it to figure out stuff and people are like, it doesn't <laughs> just don't overthink it. Yeah, just, forget about it. <laughs> just go time timey wimey, as they say with Doctor Who. Like it doesn't yeah. matter, but I'm always trying to like figure out the plot points. So uh yeah, it's definitely like a movie you don't want to overthink too much. But no. I really did love it because I mean the soundtrack, even I I even if I'm not watching the movie, I put on the soundtrack, yeah. you know, fairly some often. Great songs you, in there, yeah. Yeah, and just you know, especially if I'm in like a bad mood or something, I'll put it on and just kind of listen and um and I I immediately fell in love with the the costuming and the movie. Yeah. Like uh I don't the, the from the smallest detail, like everything about it is so fun and so perfect. The set design is lovely, the costuming, the the song. So I loved it from the very first time that I saw it for sure. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Talking about the plot and things, though, the plot, it's almost like Richard O'Brien made it up on the spot during the course of things. It's like, (laughs) do you know what? We needed to go somewhere else. Let's just take a different direction and we'll bring in aliens and we'll do this. Yeah. I don't think there is a a particular plot in it. There's just some stories going on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's a a hanger. You know, it's a wire hanger to throw a bunch of glitter on. and. uh and sequins and stuff because the plot is very uh, you know you have like the eddie stuff that happens and (laughs) there's a lot of like wait and who why meatloaf is here and dr everett scott's who now (laughs) like yeah it's it's okay it's loose (laughs) yeah i mean the thing the the opening song science fiction double feature basically tells Mm -hmm. you what the plot's going to be about oh yeah you know frank someone build a creature and they'll Brad and Janet will be in trouble and whatever else. It's it's almost like I've written a song that's got a basic plot of all the science fiction films I've ever seen. Now can I make that an actual film or can yeah. I make that a stage show? And that's, that's where it all comes from, <laughs> isn't it? So, yeah. That's true. Um, are you a big musical fan or is this sort of your one musical love? Or... Um, you know, I... I think I would probably be like, oh no, but then, um, but then I can tell you right now, like off the top of my head, like five musicals that I love. So yeah, of course I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh no, 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 I don't watch a ton of musicals, but then I'm like, I mean, of course I love like Annie and I love, um, Little Shop of Horrors, you know? So yeah, I obviously love musicals a lot. Yeah. I have a hard time, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show is different because it's rowdy, but uh, I don't yeah. go to a lot of musical like live production stuff because I have a hard time right. sitting still for a long time like that. Yeah. Um, and so for like listening to music, yeah, 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 you want to get them danced, don't you? <laughs> like, okay, okay, yeah. So I don't go see a lot of live musicals, um, but I but I really do enjoy um the, when I when I do I really do enjoy it, and there are a, quite a few of my favorite movies. I'm like, oh, that's a musical, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I guess I, I guess I love these, even if I'm trying to act one like one of those people that's too cute, cool for musicals. Yeah. Nobody I've, is. <laughs> no, no, I've done the same myself. People said I've said, oh no, I don't I don't like musicals at all. And then I think, actually, no, I do. I love that one and that one and that one. <laughs> people keep picking up musicals to do on the, the podcast, and it's like, oh, actually, I really like that film. And it's like, oh, it's a musical though. I don't like yeah. musicals. So hey, I obviously do like musicals, even though I didn't realize it. So there you go. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I mean, I like Mamma Mia. I like the Book of Mormon. I like Phantom of the Okay, yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. we're fans of musicals. Here. Yeah, we like musicals. It's okay. I think it's okay to like musicals nowadays. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you came in this cold, basically, with a friend just taking you to it. So there was no... Did you have any preconception of what it was before it was switched on? Or was it just literally, this is my favorite film, just watch it? It was very cold. She said we were... Um, staying at her older sister's house who was like an adult you know and we were yeah. these young teenagers staying with her cool older sister yeah. who had this VHS tape cuz that's how old i am and <laughs> um and she prefaced it with um i want to show you this movie my sister showed it to me it's so good it's really really weird but just give it a <laughs> chance just give it a chance and in the beginning you know and like you said in that beginning song with the lips um yeah. I I kept turning to her and she'd be like, it gets really good. Stuff happens. <laughs> just pay attention. Just hold on. And I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah. with, within, I mean, honestly, within seconds, like that opening scene at the church um, yep. with the damn it, Janet is yep. so sinister. Yep. Uh, it's so like, pe- like peppy, but also uh, very sinister. Yep. And um, I think within a few minutes, I was just like, 
you know, wide eyed, totally into it. Yeah. Uh, no idea what was going on, but super, super into the music. So, yeah, she and she, you know, yeah, a few different times kept being like, it, it's weird. It's weird. I know it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, I was I was all in from probably the opening scene. Excellent. Excellent. Have you got a favorite character then? Oh, I mean, it's it's Dr. Frankenfurter, uh, you know, above and beyond. Yeah, I really do think like Tim Curry is just even watching it last night. I never get over that performance. Yeah, I just never get over it. I paused it last night and I, I was telling my husband the elevator scene and I'm just like, Every movement is perfect yeah. in this. Every glance to the camera, every flip of the hair, every, you know, every step he takes, like the physicality. I'm just, I'm always so impressed with Tim Curry's physicality in every role. Yeah. But I really feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show, that is a huge role to play, oh, Dr. Yeah. Frankenfurter. Yeah. And you, yeah. if you, if you like let your foot off the gas even a little, it becomes corny. Yeah. instead of gigantic and yeah. he never does and and for how young he was when he played that and it's his first movie first film and i'm just i i will never stop watching that i mean the, how'd you do i i mean come yeah. on like that the opening <laughs> the first introduction you get to him is love at first sight you know absolutely it's, it's, yeah. for me, it's, it's immediately you're just so sucked in by him so yeah. he's definitely my favorite Fair enough. I mean, he had been playing him on stage for quite a long time before they made yeah. the film, so he had made that character his own, I suppose. He was the first Frank, and yeah. Probably. Had you heard that Mick Jagger asked to play Frankenfurter? And, uh, really? Yeah, wow. and O'Brien <laughs> and the rest of the film, and the cast was like, no, it's going to be Tim Curry, obviously. But Mick Jagger, it could have, you know, in another universe, maybe Mick Jagger wow. plays Frankenfurter, that which he couldn't really have done. No, I just don't think he could have done it because I, it would have been just, very different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's just Tim Curry really nails the sexuality. Um, yeah. And and just I don't know the he's so cool, you know, yeah. the way he plays it. He's so cool. And um, yeah, I just I can't imagine anyone else playing it. I always think when I see a live production, how uh, how impossible it is to pay, play, you know, yeah. to fill those shoes. Everybody does their best. Sometimes they do a yeah. great job even. But it's like. None of us are ever going to be Tim Curry. Whatever you do, <laughs> most of the times I've I've seen it a couple of times, like say a live show, and every time I've seen it, the person who's playing Frank seems to be trying to do a Tim Curry impression. Yes, yeah. So they're they're trying to be Frank and Furt exactly the same way as Tim Curry did it, and you kind of think actually, what the only way of doing it is possibly to do that or to bring something completely new to it and do it in a completely new way, but. Yeah, I don't know how you do Frank in a different way than Tim Curry did it. It's the problem. I I saw a production. This was such a long time ago, but I saw one where they reversed all the genders, oh, and right. um, a very butch lesbian played Doctor Frankenfurter. Right. Um, and it was entertaining. It was a fun way to do it. She played it very, like you said. It, the only way I think you can do it is to play it not as Tim Curry because you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna pull that off. <laughs> no. But she played it very different. She played it more subdued and angry and right. um um. It was it was very uh it was very different. I mean, I've, obviously, I wasn't you know like oh this is better than Tim Curry, but I was like oh yeah, I guess this is what you have to do to try to to make it your own is to sort yeah, of switch yeah. things around. Yeah, do it in a very different way. Yeah, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. Tim Curry, obviously, as Frank, is your favorite character. Is there a is there someone else that sort of does a really good performance that's not 
you know, not your favourite favourite, but there's other, I mean, there's great performances in there. Who would be sort of your second choice of performance? Or is there one that's a bit odd, an odd choice for performance or anything like that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't think he gets super noticed in the film, but I really love Barry Bostwick, who plays mm. Brad Majors. Um, and it, in my rewatch, I was like, I don't think I've ever really noticed how um, he he plays the red-blooded, overconfident, very privileged white American male, just to such a T, like yeah. in this terrifying situation where Janet is like, can we go? Can we go? He's going in with a firm hands, handshake. Brad Major's here, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't think I, I feel like I, until last night, I was like, oh, I've never really given him as much love because I, you know, I'm usually focused on Susan Sarandon yeah. or Tim Curry. And, um, and to, last night when I was watching, I was like, wow, Barry Bostwick really knocks it out of the park too. Like, especially since he sort of, he is playing the masculine foil to Dr. Frankenfurter Absolutely, in so yeah, many yeah. ways. Um, he does such a good job of of just being uh, just so overconfident, you know, in that beginning, yeah. those beginning scenes and and so sure of himself and so sure of his place in the, the universe. You know, they're listening to Nixon on the radio and he's talking about degenerates with tattoos. And yeah. um, I just, I, I really do love his performance. It's uh, I think it kind of you know it gets a little lost in the shuffle because everybody's so good, but he's he's really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that because even towards the end, when he sort of realizes, I suppose, the error of his ways to a certain extent, he, he plays that well as well, and almost becoming apologetic towards the end. It, he managed to get all of that in there as well as the, as you say, the masculine. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to do a job, and that's what we're doing. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you got a favorite song? Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, the Frankenfurter song, uh, you know, what's, uh, hold on, I wrote it down for you even because I was like, I'm not going to remember. Oh, Sweet Transvestite. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's going to be Sweet Transvestite because like I said earlier, just the way he knocks every aspect yeah. of that out of the yeah. park. And it's so catchy too. Um, <laughs> it's it, like every song kids, is such an earworm, <laughs> you know, every song on there is sticks in my head. If I hear a yeah. piece of it, it's in my head for three weeks, but yeah. um. I love that one because I just think it's so catchy and fun. Um, I also really like the um, light in the darkness one. There's yeah. a la ha ha ha. I think the melody of that is so beautiful. It's actually yeah. like, like a really beautiful song. Um, but yeah, it's funny because so many of the songs really like right now I could sing them for you. Like right <laughs> now I could be like, oh, yeah, I know the words to all of these. Um, yeah. And I think that's really common. I think a lot of people like even if you weren't like the biggest fan, like the songs are around enough, you kind of are like, oh yeah, I guess I know the words to that. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, they're all songs that have got lots and lots of lyrics, but lots and lots of catchy lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, Eddie, the song about Eddie, you know, when Eddie said he didn't like his teddy, he was a good, <laughs> no good kid and all that. It's, it's, there's some brilliant lines in it and it's just got some wonderful songs that I say. But yeah, Sweet Transvestite is definitely a standout one. Um, yeah. What, so, there's a light so over at Frankenstein Place. What any others that you Oh um of course in the beginning the damn it Janet I yeah. love you you know is so catchy and so fun and it's such a quick and fun introduction to what the movie is going to be like yes. because it's a very packed confusing yeah. uh kaleidoscope of things happening because you have the 
you have the cast from later in those opening scenes yes. in these very weird, sinister ways yeah. that you maybe you don't pick up on until your second watch where you're like, wait a minute, that's magenta. Wait a minute. Why yeah. is, you know, it's, and I think that that's a really fun sort of, sort of kind of like, like you said about the song and the first song in the beginning, letting you know what you're in for that. Yeah. Like, this is really peppy and fun. Um, and, and just, it's, Again, like a perfect little melody, like damn it, Janet just has the perfect, yeah. like perfect catchy little melody. So yeah, those are, I mean, every song it's, it's funny because I feel like the only song I'm not really super crazy about is, um, and I think that this is a very common feeling about the film is, uh, the last 20 minutes, really the, the movie is cooking. Yeah. Through the whole thing. It is moving yeah. at the momentum oh, yeah, yeah. and the pacing. And then right at the end, all of a sudden it's, it slows really down. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It, and it gets very like kind of long. The last 20 minutes of the film kind of go on for quite a while. Yeah. And that last song, <laughs> um, I, I always kind of find myself being like, okay, well, I know what happens after this. And I don't always watch the last song when I'm watching it. I'm, like, I, I've got I'm, going, it. I'm going home, is it? Yeah. And I and I actually really like that song and I yeah. love it. But I do think after this like frenetic pacing of the film, that last like 20 minutes is yeah. so slow and so quiet that sometimes you're kind of just like, okay, yeah, 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 I've got it. <laughs> yeah, because obviously I'm Going Home is is the last song, depending mm-hmm. on which version of the film you're then watching. Because mm-hmm. superheroes should follow I'm Going Home. And in some versions of the film, you get the whole version of superheroes. In others, yeah. I think you get about two bars of it as it's sort of spinning out from them lying down on the ground. Yeah, um, I like I'm going that home. Cut out completely. <laughs> yeah, I I think I like I'm going home more than superheroes. Superheroes for me is more the one that like I can yeah. see why they cut it in a lot of versions because yeah. oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. You're like the movie's over, we're all done. I'm ready to go home. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like we why got it. Why are you singing another song? <laughs> <laughs> Pointless. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen sort of the different versions then? Because the, uh, there are many versions of it. Have you seen the I different have. versions with with the full version of superheroes in there and? I believe there's there's a version out there that's got Sword of Damocles put back in it as well, which is Rocky's song. Yeah, which is not good. I mean, it's again, not, no, but... it's not. <laughs> and the end, you know, um, I forget the actor um, who played Rocky. Uh, he's he's uh, Peter Hinwood. Um, yeah. He's you know they didn't have him sing anything and they cut all of his speaking lines because he was he was a model. I mean, he was a male yeah. model, and they were yeah. like, oh, never mind, just we won't have him talk in the movie because yeah. he's not great actually. <laughs> Um, just stand song, there and look good. <laughs> the Rocky song is always like if I'm watching a version that has that, I typically skip it because it's yeah. uh, it's it's pretty rough for sure. And yeah, if if the superheroes is at the end, I'm I either I will kind of half watch it or I will just kind of skip it at the end because <laughs> I think they were right to usually if they if a movie gets a bunch of stuff cut, I'm kind of like indignant for the director and the cast. But in yeah. this case, I'm like, yeah, oh, you were right. Like it's it, yeah. It's a weird enough movie that you really, it needs to be paced pretty quick. <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's certain things that are cut out of the stage show that are for the better in the film that you, you really don't need them. So, yeah. 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 Although I do, I do miss, um, you're a hot dog, but you better not try to hurt a <laughs> Frankfurter. Because I think it, it's... the best line in any movie ever, <laughs> it's, right? It's fantastic. <laughs> um, who's your best singer then? Do you think it's Tim? I do think it's Tim. Yeah, I think Tim has an just an incredible, you know, powerful voice and beautiful. I'll, I'll give a close second to Susan Sarandon, who really yeah. knocks you out with that. Yes. Um, I'm always kind of mad when I'm singing along because I'm an alto. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, and so her high register, I mean, she's such a soft, breathy soprano, um, that I, I don't sound good singing like that, but she, she has the perfect voice for that part because you need her to be, you know, a breathy, sweet virgin. And she she does actually have a really beautiful voice. Um, but Tim Curry has like a powerhouse of a voice for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I tend to do this at this point. I tend to do a little ad break. So I'm going to do I'm going to do a little ad break now. It's not really an ad break because it's it's me advertising myself and letting people remember where where I am. So, um, if you want to get in touch with here at the podcast, remember the email address is myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail On Twitter, you can find me at myfavoritefilm. Instagram, it's at myfavoritefilmpodcast. Uh, we're still on Facebook as well. So if you want to look on Facebook, just search up my favorite film all over the place. Well, the website is www.myfavoritefilm.com. Emma, you mentioned just earlier that you had a new album out. Do you want to plug your album and things? Sure. Um, I have a new album and a new special out called Myself. You can get the album anywhere you would get that sort of thing. iTunes, uh, Apple Music, all that, you know, wherever you get, wherever you are listening to that, pirate it. (laughs) I don't really care. Have fun. Enjoy it. And then the special is free on YouTube. And you can also watch my other special on there which is Yes, Please. And they're both a lot of fun. And yeah, check out the other albums too. Oh, cool. I, I will. I'll check them out. I'll put notes in the, the show notes, links and Thank things you. so people can get those. That'd be great. The river was deep, but I swam it. Janet. The future is ours, so let's plan it. Janet. So please, don't tell me to can it. Janet. I've one thing to say, and that's damn it. Janet, I love you. So we were talking sort of in all of that about the different versions and things. Um, and we said that some of the cuts were obviously a good ones. Do you think this film version is a, is better than the stage show version? Cause the stage version obviously is a lot longer. It's got all those songs in that they cut out. Is it better to having it on film and having this sort of more pacier version or what do you think? I think it is. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I never saw the Tim Curry uh, stage version, which would maybe that, that would completely <laughs> change everything for me. Yeah. Um, but I, having seen the stage version a lot, yeah, I do think that the movie version, it moves along a lot faster. Um, although I did read that um, when O'Brien first wrote it, it was 40 minutes long. And the the original script right. with the music was 40 minutes long. Wow. And so they had to write... Um, quite a few songs to uh to they wrote time warp for example yeah. to like pad it because they were like oh my gosh this has to be longer than 40 minutes so um i think he he initially meant for it to be fairly short but yeah i mean i think obviously the movie is uh i just it's it's unfortunate i just don't think i can't think of anybody who could top tim curry as mm. frankenfurter so whatever play you're seeing you're like this is great it's not the best it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, thinking about that padding it though, you can you can probably see that in the list of songs where mm-hmm. that's been put in. Because yeah, time warp doesn't fit into the sort of narrative of a story. It's not it's not going anywhere. It doesn't tell you anything new. Yeah, it's just they're having a party. Yeah, um, time warp is very like even as you're watching it, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> and yeah. now this is happening for. If- no apparent reason, but it's fun. Probably makes sense to the whole meatloaf thing as well, because there is yeah. no reason for Eddie whatsoever. But no, you managed mm-hmm. to get in a couple of extra songs with Hot Patootie and then Eddie later <laughs> on. 
Mm-hmm. It's like they're extra songs that they've managed to add in there just from that point of view. Never thought of that before. But yeah, that probably makes sense that if it was a 40 minute script and they've gone, what can we do? And they just yeah. add a few how bits do we, in. How do we make this 70? <laughs> yeah. We'll stick in a new character and have them eat them, have them be eaten later on by the rest of the cast. That'll be fun. <laughs> have you any a sort of a favorite non-musical moments? So somewhere where there isn't a song. Well, um, I think I think my favorite uh non-musical moment is probably <laughs> I guess it's probably sort of the um the scene where Dr. Frankenfurter, I, I also realize, like by today's standards, these neither one of these scenes are extremely consensual. And I'm, I'm not, please don't think I'm like advocating that this is how you enter a person's room. But um, I will say the scenes uh, where Dr. Frankenfurter goes to Janet and then Brad's room yeah. separately and yeah. seduces both of them. Of course, a favorite of mine. I was like very blown away by that as a as a young uh, budding bisexual who had no idea what that even meant or what <laughs> what I was, um, but very sort of blown away by the casualness of it, you yeah. know, like and I still even watching it when I watched it last night was like, I love how just thrown in here this is without any fanfare or any fuss, you know, that just like that Brad and Janet both fall for this very sexy, charismatic man. And yeah. and of course they did. Right. Yeah. Like, of course they did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that I think that those are both sort of fun uh, rewatching them. I was like, well, I mean, definitely don't be climbing in people's beds with a wig <laughs> trying to uh, trick them into having sex with you for sure. But he's also a villain. So, yes, you know, yeah. like that makes sense. <laughs> it might yeah. be his way to, to seduce people. I mean, he, he is, as you say, he is a villain. Um, he's very charismatic for his villain. Do you think he's the type of villain that everyone would want to have as being their friend or. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's a reason why, uh, you know, his, his henchmen <laughs> stick <Yeah>. around, <laughs> you know, like Riff Raff and uh, Magenta and Columbia for sure are like, uh, boy, this guy is because per- they're, they as they reveal at the end of the film, they're actually not his servants, you know, mm-hmm. they're compatriots and they're, he's mistreating them. And yet they've stuck around because he's so charismatic and he's um, has these big wild dreams and things. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would hope I've gotten to a point in my life with therapy where I'm not easily sucked in by a beautiful <laughs> narcissist, but oh, I couldn't guarantee it. I can't guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's, he's certainly got something about him, hasn't he, that would make you want to, to stay the night with him and continue to oh, be there. Oh, yeah. 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 Worth the heartbreak, I think. Absolutely, uh, yeah. A night with Dr. Frankenporter, <laughs> or or I guess I suppose being murdered um, is your <laughs> other tragedy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the two is going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think where to go with this next. Sorry. Um, have you ever seen, because... There is a sequel to Rocky Horror, which yes. is shocked. Or it's not a sequel. Richard Bryan says it's not a sequel, but it is a sequel. It's Brad and Janet still in Denton, USA, having come back from whatever it was that happened to them and being locked up in a a, a hospital. Have you seen Shock Treatment? Is it? I watched it once, I think, Just when I was once. a teenager, maybe, or maybe in my early 20s. And... Um... You know, I mean, there's a reason why probably most people don't know there's a 
a not sequel to Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. It's because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's obviously nobody really wanted that. I don't think no. nobody was like, what happens to Brad and Janet after this? Like the sequel <laughs> should have been like Frankenfurter being dragged yeah. back to his home planet and being put on trial for these yeah. crimes against, you know, his crew of that I would watch the heck out of. But no, I don't. I, yeah. I did. Obviously, shock. That one was just kind of a throwaway, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was never a stage show. It was just literally a, a made-for-film sequel type thing that I think Richard Bryan's kind of distanced himself from and says it doesn't really exist, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> that <Yeah>. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's distanced himself from quite a few things, but there you go. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's it's still running on the West, well, all over the place. You can still see live shows of this everywhere. Um, and I think recently they, they did do a, a TV version of the stage production, mm-hmm. which Tim Curry actually was the criminologist, so the Charles Gray role. Um, do you think with all the, the Hollywood craze of remaking everything at the moment, are we due a, a remake of Rocky Horror? Well, I mean, I do not want them to do that, but they probably um, will, right? Yeah, like yeah. Because they seem to be doing that with everything right now. Um, I, I think it would be very, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of a remake I've seen of something I love that I was like, excellent, love the new version of this. Cause usually you're kind of like, well, yeah. okay, <laughs> thanks for that. I guess, um, for the most part, I think that it, it doesn't usually get done super well because no. for one thing, like it's a hard thing. Like we were saying, like, you know, do you try to recreate exactly what you made before, yeah. but fresher? Or do you say we're doing this in a whole new way, which the fans are going to hate, mm. you know? Um, mm. I think that's really, really tough. I do think that um, I just watched the uh, Elvis movie, which I did not enjoy. Um, right. It is not a good movie. Okay. In, uh, I haven't but- seen it yet, so. Yeah, you can skip it. Other than I would say okay. Austin Butler, who plays Elvis, yeah. is phenomenal. I mean, he just really blows you away with his talent and and stepping into this gigantic, gigantic oh, yeah. role that you're yeah. like, this is nobody's going to be able to do this. And he does. And he's so good. And his voice is so beautiful. I I'll allow it. I'm going to okay. say if they want to remake Rocky Horror Picture Show with Austin Butler, I'm I'm. I'm not going to like it as much, but I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch it just to see what he could do with the role after being so impressed with him and Elvis. So you think he could be a Frankenfurter in a new version of Rocky Horror? I I think he could. And I he's the only person off the top of my head I can think of that I'm like, he could, he could bring the energy big enough yeah. in a way that like you, you could believe, you know, that you could you could set aside Tim Curry momentarily and say, okay, uh, let's, let's try this new thing. Let's see how it goes. Um, but he's the only person I can think of that would maybe be able to do that role. Um, and I, and I also don't know, like he may be able to do it and you'd be like, hmm? Hmm. Eh, it's like 15% is good, you know, yeah, but yeah. big, big shoes to fill for sure. Absolutely. So. Big high heel shoes as well. Yeah. Gigantic yeah. shoes actually. <laughs> What about the rest of the cast? Who, who, how could you cast yeah, them? Yeah, that's so like the Susan Sarandon role. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like what would happen, I'm 100% sure what would happen is Hollywood, unfortunately, it used to be when they were casting uh, musicals, they would say, who can sing? Who can yeah. dance? Yeah. And that's how you would cast. And unfortunately, yeah. what happens now is like, if you think of La La Land or recent yeah. musicals, 
they're like, who's famous already that we can wedge into this Absolutely, role? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what would happen, unfortunately. Right. You know, they'd throw some young starlet into there who you cannot sing, cannot yeah. move. Um, and that would be what happens, um, which would be really, really sad and heartbreaking to see. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Uh, but it's possibly right, yeah. But yeah. if but if instead they were like, no, we we literally went, you know, to and to the Tonys and we pulled in these stage actors because that's what this movie actually needs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe there's somebody out there who we haven't even seen or heard of who's just, you know, all pipes and yeah. uh <laughs> and and all pipes and legs, I guess, and and really could nail <laughs> nail those roles. Is there any of the roles you think you could go actually that other than Frank who we've gotten there, is there any you could go actually, do you know what that person there would be perfect as riffraff or as magenda or a replacement for little nell or eddie well <laughs> i mean i think like yeah that's very hard um oh, i know yeah <laughs> i think i'm also i can't i'm like spacing a single modern actor right now because i'm like i'm in 1975 you know i'm thinking <laughs> um yeah i can't like off the top of my head think of anybody that you know, I think some of those lesser roles, you know, whoever you throw in as magenta is probably going to be fine, you know, because yeah, she yeah. doesn't have a ton to do. No, no. You'd have to think, you'd have to think who's the modern day meatloaf, I think is a really hard question to Ooh, answer. Yeah. Like music, musical wise, you know, musician wise, who are we thinking is the modern day meatloaf? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to, I'll have to noodle on that one because I can't yeah. think of someone off the no, top I'm of my head. No, I'm off the top of my head. I can't even think who you could chuck <laughs> in there and. You need someone big and cheesy yeah. and uh, willing to, and unexpected. you know, the joy of Meatloaf is how absolutely corny he was willing to be in his in his yeah. music and his music videos. And yeah. I can't even think of anybody who who is modern day willing to be that corny. Yeah, Harry Styles, maybe, because he's like <laughs> yeah. the only, I don't know, kind of yeah. like romantic lead kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, I I think it would be hard. I think whatever happens it's people will compare those actors to yeah. the original and yeah. you know that's just i you know i do like um uh oh gosh uh he's in the elvis movie too actually uh dockray montgomery who pay, who plays steve binder in the movie right. um i think he would make a good riffraff actually he's right. got he's got kind of an interesting face he has an interesting way of like playing roles and being kind of understated so uh, he might be fun but he's the only person i can think of for some reason <laughs> Hey, do you know what? It, it's it's part of the cast we've got going there, so we might be able to work it out. You never know. Uh, I've bring got... back the originals. I say bring back the originals. Why not? Put, you know, put everybody. I, I know Tim Carey's uh, wheelchair bound now, but I believe in him. Put some heels on him. I think do you he know can what? still do it. He possibly could, couldn't he? Probably could do yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Maybe we could do an animated version of it and they could just all come back and Ooh. reprise their roles and voices and be all right. I like it. I like yeah. it. Well, <laughs> It's it's Fox. It's now owned by Disney, so you never know. Because mm, mm -hmm. I noticed it's um it's streaming on Disney Plus here, so that's that's how I rewatched it. So bizarre film to find on Disney. It is, like especially. I mean, I don't know if you pay attention there. to American politics at all, but like the state I live in, Idaho, had two different. Uh, during our legislative session, have two different bills go through trying to ban drag and drag right. has been b banned in Tennessee and, you know, all these states all over. Alabama has had a couple bills, Florida, obviously. Um, so it is sort of interesting that that's on Disney Plus, this movie that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure these same people consider, you know, to be just abhorrent and 
And it's funny because watching it, you're like, this is such a sweet and sort of tame movie in a lot it of is, ways. Yeah. yeah. Which would definitely, I mean, part of what was happening here when the drag ban was starting to kind of, uh, it looked like it was going to uh, go through, um, was people were saying you wouldn't be able to perform Rocky Horror Picture Show in Idaho yeah. because yeah. of of these these laws. So yeah. it's sort of interesting that this film from 1975 now in the modern era is shocking. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's possibly illegal yeah it's it's what nearly 50 years old now so mm-hmm. i mean 50 years ago it wasn't the mainstream to have drag and men dressing up as women whatever else how do you think it's sort of it sort of works now in the the more enlightened times that we're in is it does it show up as being something a curio from the past or is it you know yeah actually that's that's where it should have always been why didn't we just do that yeah, I I mean, I w- I think it's unfortunate because I wish that, you know, um, we are so progressive now and we're so enlightened now that, mm. you know, that the Rocky Horror Picture Show is nothing. Unfortunately, uh, I, that's probably true in the UK, but yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, America is going through this horrific white nationalist, Christian nationalist renaissance where a lot of things that we thought were like well and done and settled like drag shows yeah. are, um, you know under fire and these kind of very i don't know uh wholesome freedoms are sort of being being shaken in a lot of ways and and maybe taken away so um i watched a lot of um over the years i've watched a lot of interviews with tim curry about the role expecting mm. to to find that you know people thought it was so shocking and so upsetting mm. or that it got boycotted and no like the interviews people are like Oh, you know, and again, maybe this is because the UK has a very long history with men in drag for comedy, you know. Um, But no, there wasn't like a huge outcry at the time. Meatloaf did say he and his agent were the only people in the Midwest theater to see it when they went to the movie theater. Wow. Because it was not very popular in the Midwest and in the US at the time. Um, But uh, and it opened in New York to people loved it there. But in some of the, you know. Uh, more conservative parts of the state, it didn't do particularly well. But I, I really wish that we were at a point here where it really wasn't that big of a deal, or, or it was a big deal and now it wasn't. But I feel like it's almost been flipped in America, right. unfortunately. Right. Yeah, because I mean, certainly in, in this country, it was, it's, it's pretty much a cult film. It, it's one of those ones yeah. that was kind of underground and underground sleeper hit, but everyone knows it. And as you said, most people will be able to sing most of the songs from it. So. And I'll be honest, American politics, we don't get an awful lot of what you've just talked about there doesn't get reported now and news an awful lot. We hear the big stuff. And that's yeah. pretty much what we hear. We don't get the nitty gritty. It's probably the same as yourself. You know, you'll know enough yeah. about the strikes yeah. that are going off here in, in the UK. So um, are films like this. So is it now that things like this are just boycott completely? They're being switched off from all sorts of places or is it just certain states that are like that? I think it's more certain states and I think even like within a state like Idaho, I don't think it's the people here that are um, boycotting it or upset about it or even, you know, noticing it or caring. Um, We unfortunately just have had in a lot of different places in America, um, you you have people who figured out how to game the systems. You have people who have very long term plans for taking over. Uh, We have these Christian nationalist groups who came up with like hey, we need to infiltrate things at the smallest level, like school boards and library boards. Like they tried to shut in my hometown here in Boise, 
right next to us, the town Meridian, they tried to shut down the entire library system in a, in this city of like 90,000 people because of like six books that they didn't like. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, we are daily battling fascism in the smallest of ways in America that wow. I think a lot of the world doesn't know. Uh, and it's, and it literally isn't like my neighbors, it isn't people, you know, it isn't yeah. just regular people who are, who are up in arms about, you know, drag shows and stuff like that. It's yeah. really highly organized, well-funded out of state actors who come in and they take over state legislature, you know, spots and, um, and, and smaller governmental roles to try and steer policy toward, uh, Christian nationalism. Wow. So yeah, it's really ugly. It's really horrible. And, um, it's it's been it's been terrible to watch as somewhere like, you know, I think a lot of I was born in 1980. I've watched so much progress happen and yeah, yeah. You know, gay marriage be approved yeah. and all these things like, oh, it's happening. We're becoming, you know, we're becoming a progressive nation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in the last like five years, you know, since since Trump, essentially, yeah, yeah. Um, we were watching just so much of that get shut down on small and local levels. Like that's not the drag band's not going to happen in California. It's not going right. to happen in no. New York, but you have conservative states where people can kind of come in and and swoop in and make these things happen and and it's sucks it really yeah. is awful it's really terrible Absolutely, yeah yeah, it's yeah. not obviously... crazy about watching in a fail uh, i'm not crazy about living in a failed state i'm just no. not into it at all <laughs> no. we're all sort of horrified over here yeah. so yeah. yeah i can imagine i mean certainly from the outside certainly from my point of view you know you hear about things in the united states you hear about it being all progressive and that type of thing and so, I'm a little bit older than you, but I grew up in the 70s and 80s and well. And so when we saw things that were American, they always seemed to be we're progressive, we're understanding, and this is the way it works. And it seemed to be better than here, but it does sound like you're going a bit backwards. It sounds very handmaiden's tale, to be honest, but yeah, that's, um, it, slightly it worrying. It is. <laughs> it's happening very fast. And um, I think, you know, after Trump, I think what's happening here is um, after Trump was elected, there's like no low bar for politics right. in American in America anymore. Yeah. There's no like like so many of our politics. You can't uh, you know, when we we watched you oust your prime minister and we were all just like <laughs> we we uh, uh, like there's no low bar for corruption in America anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, politicians can get I mean, our. One of our Supreme Court justices, the highest court in our land, yeah. was outed as taking tens of millions of dollars in gifts from a bill Harlan Crow, a billionaire. No consequences, no wow. no investigation. Nothing is going to happen. Um, wow. And that's you know that's one of the signs of being a failed state is that there's well, yes, no well, longer so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no longer any stops to to corruption. So uh, yeah, uh, it's. I, I mean, there's a lot of us fighting very, very hard. Yeah, against I, I guess it. you've got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who knows what will happen? But uh, right now, we're at a point where, like, yeah, they're trying to ban Rocky Horror Picture Show in <laughs> in the place I live. So horrible, horrible <laughs> stuff. Crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. I think they should somewhere they should put it on on a loop and just let yeah. it keep playing constantly. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go very deep there. Very deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Good. Um, are there any major sort of standout moments other than sort of Frank's entrance from the elevator, which we know is an absolute standout moment. What are your other standout moments, standout scenes from there? Um, I'm going to go with the scene leading up to, and then also the song of Janet's song, ta 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 touch me, which of yeah. course is so famous. But um, I think that 
you know, for 1975 to be acknowledging female female sexuality, female yeah, yeah. desire, female pleasure from like a healthy, consensual, you know, um, way where, you know, she's just like, oh, my gosh, this beautiful blonde guy. Yeah. You know, like she's just like, <laughs> you know, she's to show that she, you know, Brad is sort of he he's disapproving of her and yes. he's bossy and he's very domineering of her and for her to be like i want to be the one in charge i want to be empowered in this i want to follow my own desire i think was a probably a very big deal in 1975 and even maybe today especially yeah yeah um i think that that is a really fun scene and is it it's able to be both horny and very innocent and sweet at the same time. You know, yeah. Susan Sarandon plays it so like so straight and so just like absolutely yeah giggly and girly. Um, yeah. I really I think that that's a really standout scene for me. Yeah. Um, I I really love that she's just so so into it and so excited. So yeah, yeah. that's probably that's probably one of my big standout ones. Um, it is. It's a very progressive movie when you think about it. Certainly from. Mm-hmm. Considering it's its age, as we said, nearly fifty years old now, and I suppose considering what's happening in in the states at the moment, it's amazing that a film like this has become such a cult classic. It's it's out there, it's still there, and has never been under any scrutiny of being banned until well, what you're saying now is actually happening, which is crazy, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, a big thing that we're facing in the states with all this stuff that's going on is this idea that sexuality is inherently bad and that children will be traumatized by being introduced to anything remotely queer or sexual um, or confusing. And I really feel like that is, you know, it's very American, first of all. We're like so prude, so Puritan about everything all the time. But I also feel like, you know, it is it is wild that 50 years ago, there was the song, you know, in in the scene I described earlier where yeah. you know, Frankenfurter goes to both of their beds. Yeah. She says, oh, I was saving myself for Brad. And then she's yeah. like, well, <laughs> fuck it, you know, yeah. and to show her agency in that, that she that her virginity is hers to give away. Yes, absolutely. That yeah. You know, that it's it's hers to do with what she wants. Um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of 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 stuff in there. W- seeing that film at 13, arguably now all these. Uh, very conservative Christians here would say, oh my gosh, you were traumatized by that. You were groomed. That's a big thing here. You were groomed by, you know, by seeing a queer movie as a child. Um, But really uh, I found that movie as a kid to be very empowering. And like you're in eight, when you're 13, you're talking about sex. You're talking, you know, things you're discussing sex. The idea that children are these like completely non-sexual non-interested innocent beings is ridiculous like kids are weird kids are weird (laughs) i have kids i was a kid kids are like creepy weirdo horny idiots you know (laughs) like everybody's super interested in what it is and what's going on and and i i think that that movie it actually in a lot of ways displays like uh, a lot of healthy sexuality of like exploration and you know, open to queerness. I mean, obviously there's a lot, you like, you probably shouldn't build yourself a sex bot. Um, <laughs> it's probably not cool. And, well, uh, maybe not. Probably, maybe not the, the coolest thing, but I do think there's a lot in it that actually shows like a lot of like healthy sexuality stuff too. Yeah. I mean, actually from that point of view though, it does it in a very innocent way as well. It's not, it's not explicit in anything that it does. That scene you're talking about with Frank, going yes. into Brad and Janet's rooms, you know, it's all done shadow play behind curtains. You don't see anything. Um, 
yeah yeah it's very innocent you know it's it's very it is very innocent isn't it yeah 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 it's very clever cleverly done because i think from a censorship point of view it would be very difficult for the censors to go well there's nudity or there's swearing or there's sex because actually there's not any of those things in it no in fact i realized uh that there's this one scene with during the um when Eddie said he didn't like spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, there's a quick, really fast. They're showing what a bad kid kid he is, and they show yeah. uh, like a porno mag really fast. And there's yeah. like the hint, like you see like a nipple, like that fast, you're like nipple. Yeah. And I was like, that's the only like actually new. There's that. That's the only nudity in the entire movie. I think it is, is yeah. yeah, a really quick page turn, and you kind of see a nipple. Yeah, but <laughs> it's pretty you know innocent. What? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's really, it's a surprisingly innocent film considering the characters, the songs, the, what they're wearing and they're doing, and everything else going on is surprisingly innocent. Especially when you then got you know your favorite song and they have sweet transvestite. It's um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even that, just the idea that like uh, the evil thing about Frankenfurter isn't that he's a transvestite, which is very treated as very uninteresting in the yeah. film yeah. um in fact that you know like just kind of happenstance he's just a sweet transvestite has nothing yeah. to do really with anything no and, no and like the the evil thing is that he's this like terrible alien you know yes. it's like the i just think that that even that like you know p- the sexual proclivities in the the uh the movie are treated very like gently and lovingly and and yeah. as fun things instead of like you know, dangerous, evil things. So yeah. I, I think that's really sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, is there anything else we've, is there anything we've missed? Anything else you want to talk about with the film that you've, because we've, we've waffled on quite a lot about it, but. No, I think, I mean, uh, I think that's about it. I really love it. And if you yeah. haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check it out, but just sort of be prepared for the fact that it's probably one of the weirder things you're going to ever yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't be put off by the opening scenes of those red lips that yeah. <laughs> sing to you. Cause yeah. It, just that picture is... me sitting next to you. Like it gets, it gets better. It gets better. It goes, it gets, it gets really fast. <laughs> just this part's a little slow, but you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to the songs that they all, they all work. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's it then. It's the hard bit now. I did warn you about this. Can you sell the film for me in about 30 seconds? So um, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a must-watch film uh, where everyone is beautiful and looks amazing in lingerie. And it has the catchiest songs you're ever going to hear. And it will absolutely become one of your favorites. And you won't be able to stop thinking about it uh, because Tim Curry is just going to blow your socks off. You're going to become the biggest Tim Curry fan. If you haven't heard of Tim Curry, welcome. You're a part of the Tim Curry fan club now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I think that works. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you on this. Uh, just to remind people, where can people find more of your stuff out there in the big world, as it were? Um, you can find my... So my website is emmaarnoldcomedy.com. You can find all of my... Uh, albums and everything there and um, you can find me on YouTube I have a YouTube channel Emma Arnold and you can find me on Instagram Emma Arnold is a keeper like the bees people never seem to get that Emma Uh, Arnold is a keeper Uh, so yeah those are all the places you can find me fantastic thank you very much for coming on thank you thanks for having me this is a lot of fun 
And bye-bye for now, everybody else. I'm going.